possible. The Bears' season's going to end on a double doink. Doink. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. That's what you want to know? It's the T.C. Martin Show. Yeah, I don't know. That idea. Diagnosis. I had an idea and then... Uh, Prognosis. Yeah, I take the serious. Osmosis. Why, it's funny? It wasn't, it wasn't funny. I wasn't laughing about anything. Yeah. It's not funny. It's not funny. Nothing's funny. Don't you ever talk about me. Yeah, I don't know. That's the idea. That's the result you're going to get. It's the doctor, T.C. Martin. I don't go out there and laugh. laugh the doctor laugh. is now in. And a very good Tuesday afternoon to you, T.C. Martin Show, along with Ballpark VGK Frank in the house. Nubchuck on the other side of the proverbial glass. Glad the uh, he still hasn't got the Windex out, but I think I can see him. The extended glass, which RVD will once again be wondering how to circumvent with the microphone. Oh, yeah. RVD in the house today. He's coming by, showing off his WWE Hall of Fame ring. There you go. And a special guest. In the house here today, the lovely Andrea. Andrea the intern. Is it Andrea or Andrea? Andrea. See, I like the I. It's like aunt and aunt. Rather go with the Andrea. You like it? You go with what she tells you to. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's true. She ought to know how to pronounce her name. Unlike that quarterback that you used to cover up in Green Bay. Didn't know how to pronounce his last name. Didn't know how to spell it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, is the lovely Andre here today to take over Numchuk's job? Is that the deal, yo? Is that, uh, maybe. Is that I what's don't know. going on? Okay. I don't know. Wow. Numchuk will try to sabotage the show at any point in time. So, so be prepared for that. Well, no. The sad part is when he sabotages the show, he's not actually trying to sabotage the show. <laughs> <This> is true. <laughs> All right, glad to have you with us on this terrible Tuesday. You know what that means, our favorite day where we get to vent our frustrations, what we've seen in the, in the sporting world the past couple of days. And like I said, RVD, Rob Van Dam will join us next hour. And uh, our local favorite, Heidi Fang, Frank's personal lo- local favorite, Heidi Fang from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, will join us as well. She covers the Raiders, the UFC, and of course she is the reigning croquet and cornhole champion of the Vasquez Cornhole Invitational. Does, does she play croquet? I don't know. I just threw that in there. Sounds good. You, don't, you, why you got to ruin it? Because it you, sounded you good. keep on throwing in croquet like it's still a thing. People do cornhole That's today. Terrible. There's spike ball and stuff like that. I don't know spike the last ball. time. I, I don't, don't know anybody that plays spike ball. Except, I don't either, but I know it's on TV. I know yeah. pickleball is the big thing. That's and right. By, you have UFC fighters now calling out people to play pickleball. Okay, that I'll throw Heidi Fang in the pickleball realm as well, too, and I'll ask her today about pickleball. How's that? But croquet just has a good sound to it, you know? Croquet and cornhole. It should be like a parlay. Don't you think? Sounds good. You're talking like of, of, of the lawn... the lawn Croquet, yeah. I don't even know what yeah. it is. But... The, the lawn Olympics pentathlon or yeah, something? Yeah. They should be like the two Do people events? still play croquet? I mean, That's somebody... what I just asked you! I'm asking someone in their 20s. They, you ever heard of croquet? You she has know no idea is. what it is. Yeah, exactly. See, they don't, they don't play that anymore. Lawn darts... Well, they used to be called jarts, yeah. Yeah, which, which is news to me. Well, no, that was basically cornhole back no, in the day. Croquet was like the uh, well, poor no. man's version of polo. What, the real poor man's <laughs> yeah, version? Right. Set up a couple little wire things in your backyard, yeah, try to knock it through. That's what we had when we were kids, Then you yeah. get through the obstacle yeah. course, and when you get through, then you hit the wicket at the end or whatever yeah, it was wicket. called. there it is. And if you hit the other guy's ball, then you could yeah. send them flying way off the... Yes, I remember playing yeah. it. But I, I haven't played it since my teenage years, and that was a long, Me too. long time ago. Do you get croquet uh, confused with the cricket? Sounds the same. No, it's not same even ma- close. Same amount of letters. I, I'd have to actually check that out and see, but I don't really. No, it's not even close. First off, cricket takes forever. You're just a spoiler, man. I just try to have a little fun, and then you take things so literal. I just want to ruin my croquet because party. I believe. I want to throw a croquet party. Okay, you want another thing? You're yeah. you cricket and croquet. How about credibility? Yeah. How about having a little bit of that? That's not with a K. <laughs> Neither is cricket or, cro- or croquet. Crumpets are with a C. Credibility. Character. Just because you oh, are you're a, a character, character. doesn't you're mean character. you have character. Yeah, no. There yeah. you go. The great Winston Wolf. <laughs> days it's a great way to start a terrible tuesday it's terrible tuesday that's terrible things gone wrong 
in the sporting world. That's a terrible idea. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. Something stinks in here. That's terrible. <laughs> it's Terrible Tuesday. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. Well, we had some Major League Baseball controversy over the weekend. We talked with Steve Sachs about this yesterday. Two horrendous calls, and what do they both involve? Instant replay. Saturday's game, Marlins playing the Mets. The game is tied 2-2 in the bottom of the ninth inning. Base is loaded, and Michael Conforto comes to the plate for the Mets. Base is loaded. Pitch to Conforto. Strike three call. No, wait. He's hit. What, what's going on? The umpire rang him up. A slider grazed the elbow pad, or as Steve Sachs would say, the 14-inch elbow pad, and the umpire rang him up. Rang him up. Hold on. Let's go to the replay and see exactly what happened. We go back. The ball ends up in the catcher's glove. In the heart of the plate, Conforto jogs down to first base, Umpires say, yeah, it looks like it did graze the 14-inch elbow pad. He's awarded first base. Ball game over. 3-2. Mets win. Mets win. But, of course, this had to go to instant replay. And they had to look at this thing because it was one of the most bizarre endings that we've seen. Because this isn't one of your garden variety uh, hit-by-pitch things. No. He leans over. The ball grazes his elbow pad. Doesn't he look like it deflects off of the pad into the catcher's glove, heart of the plate. Umpire does not hesitate. He participates right away and strike three, ring him up. He gone. He's gone, exactly as Ken Harrelson would say. But uh, upon further review, the opposing dugout said uh, it hit our guy. It, it hit our guy. Let's go look at this. And it took him about five minutes to look at this. And... He was awarded first base, and that's the way you end the game. Now, that was on Saturday. Sunday, the Phillies are playing the Braves in the Sunday night game of the week. It's the top of the ninth. It's 6-6. Phillies are batting in the top of the ninth inning. D.D. Gregorius at the dish. D.D. pops that one into the opposite field. Ozuna's got it. Bum's going to try it. Here he comes, and he's series of, of replays. I mean, if that played as a U.S. map, he was barely trying to touch San Diego with just a little tip. I mean, great reaction there. Oh, not so great there. The emotions the guys, of the game. As the umpire, home plate umpire is returning to his spot, Will Smith was yelling at him, awful. Awful call again. It goes to replay, goes for minutes, and then they say the runner is... Safe at the plate. When you look at the replay, he never touched home plate. So another he hovered team, over it. He, <laughs> I think he got to it. It looked like he never even got to it. Oh, by the way, the Phillies win the game seven to six. So here is where my problem is with this. If we are going to use replay, all right, regardless of the sport, all right, let's use it right, please. Okay, no restrictions whatsoever. Can we do that? Because certain things are reviewable in certain sports and others are taboo. No, we can't dare look at that. All right? And I just want to get this right. But there just seems to be there is such an injustice when we're using replay. I want no restrictions. I want no certain things are reviewable. Just forget all about that. If there's injustice, please just get it right. So what did they do? get wrong here if they looked at it for five minutes what restriction did they have they blew the call and and i disagree with you that his foot did get to the plate but it was up in the air it never touched the never touched the plate that's why he should have been out because it didn't touch it it's not of it's it's not in the area play like at second base which also never should have been a, a rule right and as far as the first one that you said with the batter getting hit, if the ball is in the strike zone and it hits you, that's a strike. That's on Correct. you. They need to make a rule about that. If you get hit and your body part is in the strike zone, too bad. Sorry. And the other thing that I hate about that, when they call it a walk-off hit by pitch. <laughs> Come on, man. 
He leaned in and got hit by a pitch. It's not a winning hit. It's not a walk-off nothing. It's a cheating. Well, let's get rid winning. of the whole walk-off thing anyway because the walk-off thing is, sounds ridiculous. Whatever happened to game-winning hit, game-winning RBI, game-winning hit by pitch, I guess if you want to use that. But yeah, the walk-off thing is ridiculous. Yeah. And people, what does and like that when, mean? And then like when there's a walk-off walk. Right. The walk-off <laughs> walk. And what does that mean? It means that the opposing team who just lost is walking off in their walk of shame. That's where that comes from. And, and, and this one should have been a the, the team that won should have walked off in shame because right. they cheated to do it. Yeah, very good but point. But, yeah, but the, the whole thing, it's I don't know, it's it's so overblown and it's so overdone. But if you take five minutes and you still get it wrong, then get rid of the system. Okay. It isn't working. This is my point. Exactly. So we, this is where we need to – I don't want to abolish replay because I, I'm a firm believer in replay because you want to get it right. But when I'm saying there's too many restrictions here about, oh, certain plays are reviewable and others aren't, that's the thing that irritates me, okay? So forget the term also, uh, you know, indisputable evidence to overturn the call. In the parentheses, to overturn the call, okay? Because what umpires are, are doing here now is saying, well... I may have blown that, but this and that, we can't come to an agreement here. And we see it with referees in the game of football as well, too. Well, we got to stick with a call on the field unless it's this irrefutable or undisputable evidence to overturn it. That is a sticking point that has cost teams victories. And just let's get it right. You look at it with your naked eye and you say, that's right, that's wrong. Oh, wait a minute. We have to go by the letter of the, the law now in this rule book that says we can only overturn it if it's beyond a reasonable doubt, irrefutable, whatever, because I already blew the original call. Forget about what the original call was. Get rid of that and just do the right thing. If it's, if it's safe, it's out, whatever the eye tells you, forget about having to prove beyond a reasonable doubt of what the bonehead did earlier. That's where I'm talking about. I'll go you one further. Okay. What makes me crazy when I'm watching that stuff is when they're showing the replays and they go, this one here clearly shows that he fumbled the ball or that he was safe or something, but they're looking at other angles of it. Once you find the angle that clearly shows what the play is, what the hell are you looking at more angles for? That's when you make the call. It drives me nuts. And then you hear him say that in the booth all the time. Well, this one here is the best angle. It clearly shows that this or that happened. But they're looking at other angles, too, just to make sure they get it right. No, you have the one that we, where you got it right. Now you're looking for ones to contradict it. Well, here you can't really tell. It doesn't matter. You have the one that it does. Mm-hmm. They, they don't know how to use replay. In all the years of using it, they still don't know what the hell they're doing. That's why it took five minutes for the play at the plate, and they still blew it. See, another thing that I don't want to hear anymore either is, well, you can't review everything. Yeah, you can. Okay, I understand you have your rules in place, certain things. That, but there are game changers in here that say, oh, well, we can't review that. Do you, do you, do you, do you think they should review balls and strikes then, or should they just go to the computer calling balls and strikes well, to get rid of the ump? No, that's, that's a whole other well, no, terrible but you're Tuesday. Saying you, but no, you're no. saying they should, they should be able to review everything. No, okay. That's a reviewable okay. thing. Okay, I'm getting to that. But the point is they're actually going to that. Now with minor league baseball for this year in certain levels where they're going to go to the automated up, okay? But I, I, again, I think football is a big sticking point here as well, too. It's like, well, that's reviewable, but that's not reviewable and that sort of thing. But, you know, the reason why they're saying this is because they don't want the games to get any longer. Well, guess what? The games are already long, so that argument's out the window. Well, especially when you're taking five minutes to review exactly. one play. Exactly. Because we've now expanded replay review so my point is if you're going to expand it but there are still some big time nuances here was oh you know what we forgot about that one we can't review that so no you just you go ahead i'm not saying everything but you you have your rules in place but there there are things still that are not reviewable that are game changers i'm saying that you really got to take a look at this and i don't want to hear the argument anymore that well it's going to extend the game if it's going to make a difference between a victory and a loss it's, the game is already long. Football is longer now. Basketball is longer. It's uh, trickled down to the college game now where we're seeing how long are we taking? The ball went off the fingertips, and we can only review that in the final minute of play or final two minutes of play, right? And again, after we saw the one that shows it goes off the fingertips, we're still going to look at three other ones to make sure that it went right. off the fingertip right. that we just right. really saw so it did. The moral of the story is we can do replay. We can do it better. We can do it right. But just 
don't have these sticking points that say, well, I got to overturn this. I got to make the call. Just, just, just go to the monitor and make the right call and, and get this thing right. But I, I do like it, but I'm not one of these guys. I don't mind it if, it, if it's going to take longer. But the rules that they have in place are ridiculous. That's what I'm saying. It's terrible. All right, well, I'm going to stay in baseball here, and I know the, I'm sure that you saw this story. Yu Chang, the uh, first baseman for the Cleveland Indians, Recently made a throwing error in his uh, baseball game, which cost the Indians yep. the game. Fans went crazy about it. As a matter of fact, once again, unfortunately, we have Asian hate out there now because of this. Yu Chang, who is from Taiwan, he's not from China, he's from Taiwan, but uh, he was getting a bunch of texts and all sorts of threats and everything. One person even texted him, and I'll clean this up so Numchuck doesn't have to hit a delay or something. It says... Effing SARS coronavirus mf And that was just one of several types of things right. that he got. Right. Yu Chang took the high road and said, look, I am open to any criticism about my play on the field or anything else out there. But when it comes to hatred or bigotry or something like that, that's where you basically draw the line. Love you all. Have a nice day, basically. He's taking the high road. When is this crap ever going to stop? Is it ever going to stop? I mean, come on. It's a baseball. It's a regular season baseball game. A guy's a converted first baseman. It's a position he doesn't even play. He made a throwing error. My my God, TC, that's the first error we've ever seen by a first baseman in baseball. It's just the mentality of a lot of sports fans. And I'm not going to say all sports fans. I'm not going to say majority of sports fans. No, it's 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 a minority, but but it's a very vocal minority. But but it's ridiculous. And again... Why do we continue to hear more of this? Because of social media. As I'm not blaming social media, but people, everybody uses this forum to say whatever they want. There's no filter. There's no nothing. Maybe there needs to be social media police. Maybe all these people, you can tell who sent the the text and the tweets and the Facebooks and everything else. Call them out on it. And I know people got, they, they say in Facebook jail and that sort of thing. But at that point in time, I mean, it's too late. Like I said, this thing has gone viral. It's ridiculous. But again, it's just the mentality of, of fans in general. It's sickening. It's stupid. I mean, we've all been to plenty of ball games, And I don't know about you, but I cringe most of the time. Not saying that I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a snob in that way, but it, it does irritate me to, to hear the things that come out of people's mouths, what they say, what they do. I mean, it's irritating. It's just, and people say, well, I'd say, you know, you go to the park, you're going to have to get that. You're going to have to experience it. And, and you then, just wish that people had more class. And then you hear the people saying, I bought my ticket. I mean, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, you yeah. paid for your ticket. That doesn't give you the right to be racist or a bigot or say stuff or say stuff that offends all the people around you and everything. Yeah, it, 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 so you bought your ticket. Guess what it also says in that ticket? If you, if you are not, don't appropriately act, yeah. they can throw you out of the ballpark. Yeah. Which they need to do way more often. I agree. I agree. Okay, WrestleMania. Uh, we're going to talk to RVD uh, coming up next hour. Of course, we touched upon a little bit uh, yesterday as well, too. WrestleMania is a big deal. We get that. But, you know, it used to be where it was just a niche big deal. And some people still, you know, think, think it is. I was a little bit blown away when I looked at ESPN.com on Sunday, and they wrote a review or a recap of day one of what transpired at WrestleMania. Now, WrestleMania this year was, of course, at the Buccaneers' home stadium, Raymond James Stadium, outside. Two-day event. It's gone to a two-day event. And again, this is WrestleMania 37. But I read a 76-paragraph article about what happened on day one. A 76-paragraph article about this that went on forever and ever and ever, and what blows me away with this is, is that the WWE has come out and says, you know what, hey, we, we, we're entertainment, we're not a sport, this and that. What happened to WrestleMania back when it was kayfabe, and, you know, it was treated like a sport, you've heard me talk about this before, and they didn't want to say it was entertainment, whatever, you couldn't get any coverage. Even when you had 93,000 fans in the Pontiac Silverdome with the Ultimate Warrior, it never got ESPN coverage. It never got national coverage in you know, the sports media. And now, 37 years later, it's far from as good as it used to be. It's far from being a legitimate sport as it used to be. 
but now we're getting this type of of coverage? It's ludicrous that you're getting this type of coverage for a niche event. We're not doing that with concerts. We're not doing it with other entertainment events. We're not doing it with circuses. But are you kidding me? 76 paragraph for this? It's insane. Well, it is insane, but I need to call you out on a couple of things okay. there. First off, as legitimate as it used to be, it was never really legit. You know what I'm talking about. I know about. what you mean, but yeah. it never was. And you said you read a 76. You glanced over. You did not read all 76 paragraphs. How did I know it was 76? Because you counted the paragraphs. I counted And that took a long time, my friend. But you didn't actually read all 76 uh, no, paragraphs. No, I read about half. Well, I did. there you yeah. go. And I just said, what, what, what am I doing? When is this going to end? And that's why I said, wait a minute. Let me just gonna count keep going and yeah. see how long it yeah. is. And so I could talk about this yeah. today. There you go. Okay. And as far everybody has web pages and sites now. So if you're going to cover it, anybody who's clicking on it, why not give them the full thing? Pay somebody to write the whole thing. Said I don't care how long it is, because like you said, it's a niche. People that want to know it went well. ESPN did a great job covering WrestleMania. I'm just saying, when was the last and time you saw that? What well, you ESPN didn't cover that? But, but also, wrestling is now on NBC. It's on USA. It's on other places. No, a- the a- subsidiary a- networks. They're not on the main networks. It's not. What are you talking about? It's on subsidiary networks. They're offshoots. They're the WrestleMania. Their big thing is on the Peacock. You can't even find the Peacock. You and I can't even watch it if we wanted to. we got to borrow Nunchucks thing, or we got to subscribe to it, right? SmackDown is on, on like, Fox or whatever every Friday night Fox. on the major network. Right, 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 right. Fox is in a major network. Yes. They show all the NFL games and yes. everything else. It is a major network. I'm talking network. about WrestleMania. But, it's all, but uh, that's what I'm saying, though. It is more all over the place now. It is on more networks. It is bringing in more money. And I believe ESPN or ABC is doing some negotiating with them or something. So, of course, they're going to be doing different things. Whatever. I'm not disparaging the, uh, the event, and I'm not disparaging the television coverage. I'm saying you're, you're force-feeding it into a sports culture, and you're treating it no different than the major sports when you're writing articles and covering it like that. Which, so my question is, what changed? What changed? There were bigger icons way back when than there are now. All right. There's more sports involved, you know, when we used to have sports superstars portraying. Now you got Bad Bunny and people like that. In there's no place in in the connection of sports. My point of the matter is, there's more of a disconnect with the sports audience now than there ever has been. There was a big time because you know how Vince McMahon was. He wanted to have the refrigerator. He wanted to have these football stars and basketball stars. He wanted it. And that's right. why they have guys like Bad Bunny today right. for that very same crossover. Keep it out of the sports expand, realm. But they're not going to keep it out of the sports realm. If ESPN is going to cover it, they might as well do it right. Because anybody who wanted to read about it clicked it out and went, wow, this is blowing, away, blowing me away. And the other people didn't click on it and read the 76 paragraphs anyhow, so they don't give a damn. Never have I seen in 37 years a 76-paragraph recap of one day. By, by That's way, insane. That That's a, terrible. Should it really have been WrestleMania 37 and 38 since it was two days and it was covered two years? I don't know. There you go. Well, this isn't really a sports story, but I wanted to throw it in anyhow because it's a Vegas-type story. I don't know if you saw this the other day, but did you know Usher's about to do a residency out here? Usher's going to have a residency here in Vegas. I did hear about which this. Which is yeah. kind of nice yeah. that things are opening yeah. up again here in Vegas. However, Usher recently went to one of the uh, gentlemen's clubs, Sapphire to be exact. Mm-hmm. He was uh, making it rain a little bit on stage with him and some of his entourage. And some of the money that was uh, being made to rain with wasn't actual money. What was it? It was Usher money. It was money that literally has Usher's head no, and face stop. on the money. Stop! Oh, yes. You can check this out on TMZ. You can check it out on various sites as well. It's, uh, it's kind of blown up on the internet because one of the strippers or entertainers were complaining about it. And she said, look, they're trying to pull a fast one on us. Well, apparently they had a little game with Usher or, or a, a little bit that they had done. And he made up some of his own money. There's hundreds, twenties, and one dollar bills with Usher's head on it. One of the guys in his entourage brought some of those bills along because they had some left over from the thing they did, and he mixed that in with the money that they had on stage. So it's not even really known if, if Usher even knew that this money was in there. There was a lot of legitimate money on the stage, but there was also all this money. So one of the dancers was outraged that it's like, this isn't a 100, this is an Usher 100, which is worth absolutely nothing. So she posted it, it went viral. Usher's getting some kickback from it, but they're also starting to think now that 
you know, maybe this was all just a very nice plant or something that Usher, hey, I got a Vegas residency. Let's go to Vegas right. Strip Club. I'm going viral, but guess what? Everybody now knows That's I'm true. coming to Vegas. So it's not all about the Benjamins. It's all about the Ushers. Yes. There it is. <laughs> all right. Finally, we look at TV time. Yes. Are you ready for this, Frank? I know you really appreciate this. Guess what I watched last weekend as I'm you know, perusing through... Uh, now the NCAA tournament is over and everything. Not much to really watch on the Zero weekends. killer weekend. I was watching the WCT, my friend. Remember the WCT? You used to watch that, right? Yeah. Yeah? What's the WCT? WCT World... World so- Championship Tennis? Isn't that what you oh, used yeah, to call yeah. right? Exactly, right? No, 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 my friend. This is the new WCT. This is World Chase Tag. That's right. They took over the WCT from the legitimate World Championship Tennis to the World Chase Tag. Yes, are we back in first grade again? This was created by a pair of brothers back about nine years ago. Is it laser tag oh, or is it no, actual no, no, tag, no. tag It's tag. It's first grade tag. Let me give you a little taste of what I was watching here. Yes, that's enough of that. Yes, the regular playground. What the hell game was time. that? I have no idea what I'm, I just. I'm, I, I'm looking you. for the visual of it. What the hell was I'm that? I'm gonna tell you. Okay, so this is the regular playground game of tag, but now it's in an arena in like a 1,500 square foot little mini arena, and it, it's filled with low tables and high tables and uh, some horizontal and vertical bridges. And yes, so here's how it goes. It goes with. You two guys, or one guy is, is being chased, and you have 20 seconds to basically catch him, and he's running up and down these bridges. He's running around. He's faking, jockeying, hiding, doing all this other kind of stuff, running around for 20 seconds. He has 20 seconds to catch him. And, yes, this goes for anywhere from uh, 10 to 16 chases, as they call it, or rounds. Yeah, consisting of these 20-second chases. It's gained, and here's how they describe it. Yes, the WCT has gained a popular internet following with high-flying, high-octane action viewed by over 350 million people on YouTube. So it's That's ba- what you were watching. So it's basically Listen. that game show where they have the guys that are running through the thing trying to tag something and the chasers come and chase them that they just did on a network TV station that the three football brothers actually uh, have done together. I guess. That it, sounds it's a, the same thing. It sounds a little bit elaborate. What, what I saw was uh, first grader Frank uh, and first grader Johnny, and Frank is going to chase Johnny for 20 seconds, and the kids go, ha, 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 but nah, that's nah, li- nah, nah. That's and literally then, yeah. what the other game yeah. was. Yeah. They have the runners and there then the chasers. There it is. So they literally just ripped off a show that's already on TV, and now they're doing it just regular jabronis out there that are nobodies. Right. But I don't know which one was first because these clowns invented this in 2011. So I don't know, but yes. Okay, well then but, this might be but, first, but it's so. Why is this on my TV? That's not, why is this on my TV? Oh, and it's on ESPN. It's on Fox in the BBC. We out of batteries for the remote. <laughs> did you not know where the remote was? Why did you watch it? I you know that clip right there. That was probably about the double the amount I watched it. I couldn't believe what I was watching. But yeah, so this thing was on watch, ESPN. It's you, on ESPN. The Tetris. We've seen that nonsense. We've seen the other guys running through the the, the trees and the forest. I can't remember what that's called. I mean, we talk about all these things on Terrible ESPN Tuesday. ESPN has garbage all over. Yes. They have the cherry pit They're, spitting contest. That's another one that we talked about. Yes, this is world. Chase, but you tag. watched it. Well, yeah, I want to talk about it today. I had to watch it. I'm looking at this. I'm waiting. What is that? Did you watch more of that or read more of the WWE uh, article that you did? I read? did probably. I read more <laughs> of the WWE article. I, I, actually, you know, come on. I mean, I'm a wrestling fan. I used to be. So did you print go. out the article and chase somebody and tag no. them with it by smacking? Did not. Yes. 
I don't want to watch tag, first grade tag, on my television and call it world chase tag. Because the they, they are that... world championships. Just like the axe throwing. That's a world competition as well. Everything's world. The cherry uh, spitting thing. That's world competition. A friend of mine here in Vegas actually used to be the world dart throwing champion yeah. of the world. He actually won the world championship over in Germany and won some competitions. Now, darts are big all over the world. Like, yeah. It is. A I, lot of places. I would say that darts are a little bit bigger than tag. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. And at least axes, something can yeah. go wrong with. It, I it, mean, well, I guess somebody could bang their heads on one of yeah. the obstacles yeah. there trying to avoid the tag. And cherry pits uh, spitting, I think that's a little bit bigger, too. So there you go. All right. All right. We come back. Heidi Fang will join us. If you got some terrible Tuesday takes for us, hit us on Twitter at TCMartin21, at VGKFrank as well, too. We'll talk about some real combat sports with, uh, with Heidi Fang, a little UFC in football. How's that? It sounds better than what we've been talking about. <laughs> T.C. Martin. I'm ready to go in, Coach. Just give me a chance. The doctor is now in, 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 in. All right, get on over to any of the William Hill Sportsbook properties and get that mobile app first downloaded on your phone, first and foremost, and get on over to the Cosmopolitan or any William Hill Sportsbook property. Still have the free $50. That's right, the promo code TC50. 50 free bucks in your account when you open a brand new one, plain and simple. You deposit at least 50. They will give you another 50. So easy to do. And since we're doing promo codes, do that. The TC50 at William Hill. Get free money in your account. Our good friend Rob Van Dam. He's got his uh, RVDCBD.com. Make sure you jump all over that. 21% off anything on the website for all of your CBD needs. Use the promo code on that website, TCRVD, and uh, you can get anything on the website. The smokables, the tinctures, the creams. The edibles. The edibles. I know you always like the edibles, too. There you go. Well, it's, it's the one that you always leave off, so I, that's yeah, why I throw that in there. Yeah, it's good. There it is. <laughs> Make that a regular thing. There it is. But uh, RVDCBD.com. Check out the website. Uh, fantastic selection. Great quality products. And we had uh, several of our listeners do testimonials last week uh, regarding that. So check it out and uh, save some money. 21% off anything on the website. Use the promo code TCRVD at RVDCBD.com. That's a lot of initials there, but that's okay. All right. uh, Let's bring in our good friend from the Las Vegas Review Journal. She covers the Raiders. She covers the UFC. She covers... Everything. The I queen will, of cornhole. The queen of cornhole is going to say, I was going to throw in croquet and cornhole, but no, Frank isn't having any of it. Even though I guarantee you, Heidi Fang at one point in time in her childhood career played some croquet and dominated. Can I get a witness, Heidi? Como que croquet? Como? I love that. Yes, I'm here. Subtitles, please. Huh? Yeah. The reigning, How are you guys, man? Uh, we're, we're good. I mean, the reigning croquet and cornhole queen. <laughs> there it is. When that, was the last time you played croquet? Uh, well, I never. I watched it once in a movie called Heather's. I think that's There it is. Yeah. But she never played it. Of course, she's too young. <laughs> I don't think they play it you anymore. You just guaranteed she played it in her youth. Well, I give it a shot. Yeah, you should be a politician with your guarantees there, mister. Man, you're just... Frank, Frank's being nasty today. That's it. It's a terrible Tuesday. I guess so. I guess I give you a free pass, right? I'm trying to make it a truthful Tuesday, but you just won't abide by the rules. Yeah. <laughs> oh, too funny. Croquet. That was a thing back when we were six, I guess. How's that? I think I maybe that maybe last time I played it was Chuck, like in seventh look, or eighth grade yeah, or look something. Look this up, Numchuck. Is it still available out there? And I don't know, it just, you know, karaoke, croquet. There you go. When you're looking up words, that one comes up. You know what I'm saying? If you type <laughs> one's in. One's with a K and one's with a C. Really? Croquet Here's is a, a fun C. Fact. Is it? Is it? Is it with a C? It was it's a C. See, it is a K. There it is. Croquet with a K? Is that right, Heidi? Karaoke. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's how my grandmother would pronounce it. She was Japanese, and she used to get mad when people would say karaoke. Oh, so it's not, how do you, how do you say she said So how do you say it? She said it's karaoke. Oh, man, that sounds sexy, too. 
don't like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure croquet, Frank, is with a C. I mean, you're right. You know, there's got to be, no doubt. It's croquet is, yeah, croquet. Like, yeah. And see, I get that mixed up with cricket. There it is. It's, you know, basically one Which letter Which is, off. there's nothing similar. <laughs> Can we talk to Heidi about something else? <laughs> Heidi, what do you want to talk about? I don't think you called in or we called you to talk about croquet or karaoke. Even though, what is your... What is your go-to karaoke song? And I gotta say it the right way. Oh I can't say man! What is, it? what is it? Yeah, that's it. Used it to be yes. Used to be Gloria Gaynor, right? But I also love a good Selena, Como La Flor. You know, wow. that's always good. I will survive. Gloria Gaynor you used to bust that yeah. up. Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. Oh, look! Breaking yeah. news! Breaking news, ladies and gentlemen! There it is! There it is! I will not be ridiculed anymore. The Croquet Sport and Ball Club is located in Las Vegas on West Craig Road. It is alive. Croquet is alive. And it's spelled with a C. That's right. That's how Numchuck found it. He was searching the first half hour of the show looking under K's. I just showed it to you. Yes, you showed me the old set that I used to have when I was six. I (laughs) I dominated that game on my lawn. Since you still act like a six-year-old, I guess it's still relevant. There it is. Jeez. (laughs) All right. <laughs> Let's start over. Let's start this interview all over again. Ladies he, and gentlemen. He wanted to put you in the Croquet Cornhole Hall of Fame. And he was right. trying to find other things to throw in there with it. We're trying to make like a, a Lawn Olympics games or something. I was trying to go with letters C, okay? Fun games with the letter C. Croquet, Cornhole. Give me another one. That's all I was going with, you know? Well, Something... you threw in cricket, but that's hardly cricket. a lawn game. and it's a, it's a It very, is a lawn it... game. What are you talking about? They play it on lawns. Yeah, and it's a very big team sport, and there's been over a billion people that have watched the championships. I don't think the Croquet World Championships has a billion people tuned in. Or they play, curling? or the, or the curling's curling. another one. Very, very nice. There it is. Winner. Keep going. But the thing about it is, with those cricket games, they could last for like three weeks. They last a long time. They do. I remember watching one one time, India and Pakistan playing, and they were oh, they only scored 76 runs in that at bat. That's probably not going to get it done. And I'm like, how long are these damn things? I mean, come on, you're a Monty Python fan. You should be a big cricket fan. There's a lot of Monty Python references back in the day with that cricket. There it is. All right, Heidi Fang. I can see Heidi Fang being the sweeper on the curling team. I just want to try it once. I'd like to go out and curl. I, I want to. I want to give it a go and see how I can how well I could do at it. Did you ever cover that when it was over, when it's been at the Orleans and that kind of stuff? Because it's kind of wild when you <laughs> no. actually go and see it live. It's been there several times. Yeah, they had sent another girl back in the day. Um, she got to go and she did a whole video on it and stuff. And I admit, I was slightly envious that uh, she got the call. That, you know, All right, gotta Heidi. give you know give and take someplace. So we want to bring in our UFC expert here because we were talking about the McGregor Poirier three drama. We talked about that yesterday. I want to get your take on this because uh, you know, we we know that this this thing is slated, still slated, I believe, for July and McGregor. Basically said, well, no, go fight somebody else in July 10th. Uh, you know, I, I'm out or whatever. And then a lot of the media got a hold of this thing thinking that this thing is, is, is a wrap. Uh, McGregor, Poye 3, it's still happening, right, Heidi? This is a little hype. <laughs> I hope so. Because when McGregor gets upset and when McGregor causes a fuss, Uncle Dana tends to lean with McGregor's request. I like Uncle We've Dana. I like that. That's, that's good. but on top of that you know if there was already a contract signed i don't know if there was but i would imagine for a fight of this magnitude that they should have already put something in ink um with as close as the date was i don't know sometimes you see contracts don't get signed till about um you know literally 60 days to 45 days in advance of the actual fight so as a possibility there was no contract put in place yet, although it was verbally agreed upon. That could be a big mistake on Poirier's part. Um, Of course, it's the fight I know that everybody wants to see. Uh, The third fight between these two, you know, it's even, dead heat, let's see the rubber match. Uh, It's interesting because you look at it and you see a guy like Michael Chandler, who's new to the UFC, but is a longtime MMA fighter, who's like, let's do it May 10th and then uh, I'll fight Connor after that. Um, you know, he's fighting Charles Oliveira for the belt. So it's it's kind of crazy to see the amount of people who have immediately responded. Uh, Kevin Lee, he's a guy that's trained out of Vegas. 
works uh, out with Dewey Cooper and a lot of the uh, you know other extreme couture I know he's been at. He, he always goes around to different camps so um, to try to level out his skills and all, and he's coming back from an injury, and he's somebody that put his name out there in the hat. Uh, as they call it, and this is the term that's been used, I think I could say this on the radio, it's red panty night. That's what Connor used to call it. Yeah. It's all the fighters, and they go, hey, it's red panty night. Let's go get, you know, the big payday. And and you, everyone knows you fight Connor, you're going to get that hefty paycheck. So that's, I think, what a lot of fighters are in following after the pursuit of, hey, uh, I need a new opponent with Connor's tweet and all. So we'll see what happens, though. How it should, I, don't, I don't know what will happen, to be honest. If there was no contract signed, then it's a free game. And Connor can literally dictate the moves here because with the UFC, he's their big chess piece and trying to get, you know, what he wants done. You mentioned the fact that uh, Connor, and I think maybe it's a publicity stunt, but again, with Connor, you never know for sure. What do you make of the whole thing of, you know, Poirier saying, look, uh, he never gave us the 500000 that he promised, and Connor basically saying, look, uh, we followed up, and you didn't know what you were going to really do with the money in that, so you don't have your ducks in a row, so it wasn't a, a guarantee or something. It's not like a debt I owe you. You know, when you get your stuff together, then we'll do it, so... Do you think there is more animosity there, or do you think that this is really just a buildup to get more attention to this fight? Because the last fight was popular, but it didn't quite get the numbers that they'd normally get with a McGregor fight. And Heidi, why don't you go ahead and reset this, too, for people who are not familiar with the story, because we touched upon it yesterday. This is kind of a little continuation. But for listeners that are not familiar why this, this drama is going on, why don't you go ahead and, and, and set that stage and then answer Frank's question? Yeah, so UC 257 back in January was when Connor lost to Poirier. And it, it, they had, you know, previously in advance of that fight said uh, Connor was going to donate, I believe, $500,000 to Dustin Poirier's charity, the Good Fight Foundation. And he was going to have that uh, money allocated towards the, the kids that he serves out in his community to build a gym, I believe. And I think that was the actual where the money was supposed to be allocated to. Now, Connor said, following, uh, you know, Poirier calling him out on social media that he had not given to these uh, youth out in Lafayette, Louisiana, and said, hey, man, you, you better make good on this. You know, it's uh, funny to predict that you can beat me in the third fight when you haven't put out the money. I'm paraphrasing because I'm right. not looking at the right. tweet in front of me. So, you know, uh, Connor goes back and says, hey, we never received the information. I wanted to see where my money was going to be allocated and exactly like dollar for dollar how you had planned to use the money that I was going to give out there. And, uh, yeah, I guess that's about it. We started going back and forth from there. So uh, after that, uh, argument between them and even uh, McGregor's agent got involved and said hey uh, the donation we're still trying to make it we were waiting on this information we didn't get it so Connor then tweets after all of this going through well fight somebody else on the 10th so <laughs> and, and that being uh, coming up here May 10th so uh, I, I would think um, that you know Dana was looking to bring in a crowd here on, on this card I don't know how much of a crowd but I think that you could have some sort of crowd with a Connor fight and to be able to sell the tickets that you need it's really if you put Conor McGregor on the main bill, you don't have to worry about selling tickets. That's been proven. Uh, so I don't see the need for them to have to do that. But to sell the pay-per-view, sure, especially when they're asking almost $80 now a pay-per-view. It's, you know, post-pandemic, a lot of people just starting to get back on their feet. I admit for me at times it got difficult when you're looking at the price of a pay-per-view and you're starting to think like, man. Can I afford this every single month? You know, I got to go buy diapers and, and <laughs> you know, things like that. Uh, what, what's going to, you know, give way out of out of my, um, you know, allowance, so to speak, um, to be able to get pay for $80 pay-per-view. So um, as the price for those things go up, you have to find ways to sell it. So, I mean, in some respects, absolutely, these guys got to sell a fight. And there's nobody better at it than Connor. So if this is all pre-fight hype and getting the crowd riled up, they sure done it already, haven't they? Because look at what we're doing right here, right now. Right. And speaking of Uncle Dana, when does he <laughs> step up and say something? Because right now he, the UFC hasn't made a statement at all. Uh, these two are jawing back and forth, and Connor says, "Hey, you know the fight is off." Then other media outlets got a hold of this yesterday. Oh, the the fight is off. Well, wait a minute, the fight's off. I, I want to hear that from Uncle Dana. Yeah, I, w 
wouldn't expect anything until late next week when the reporters get the opportunity to ask him uh, in advance of the Robert Whitaker, Kevin Gastelum fight. I would think that, you know, by the time that media week ramps up and they get an availability with Dana, somebody's going to ask him. Somebody's going to ask him what he thinks about it. And Dana will give a chuckle. I, I, I've known this for long enough to know how Dana will react. Yeah, oh, you know, we're working things out with Connor guys. And it'll be kind of a non-answer answer. So that's what I'm, I'm predicting. I'm saying it's going to happen on uh, April 15th, and that's what Dana's going to say, and it's going to leave everybody kind of hanging, but maybe hopeful that some sort of resolution can be worked out between these two. And again, this fight isn't <laughs> scheduled for July the 10th, so there's a couple more. July UFC. 10th, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, and when it comes to Dana, we all know he's going to give that exasperated look, kind of roll his eyes a little, like you said, chuckle, and then he'll get on with other stuff. But Dana knows how to do all this stuff. He deals with with Connor all the time, and now he's also dealing with, well, what's, uh, is John Jones and Ngano going to take place, or what's going on with that fight? Uh, everybody thought it was going to maybe be Adesanya, but, uh, you know, that doesn't look like anymore, but who knows? What is going on with John Jones these days? And uh, we were even talking with Matt Holt yesterday, and he said that he thinks that Ngano and Jones will be um, will be a fight that will be signed, but that they might actually have somebody in the bullpen in case Jones kind of screws up in uh, the beast. Yeah, um, you know, I think with John Jones, is he had made us think a little bit back about you know, not being respected with the, the money he was asking for out of certain fights. Um, but now, you know, Nganu wants him. He says that he thinks John Jones is the easier fight. Um, I think that this one could probably get worked out. You know, we're looking, GSP even says it, you know, uh, if you look back at the old champion of the UFC, a longtime champion, he says, uh, you know, he thinks that this fight will probably never happen because he thinks that the two are, um, that John Jones is afraid to fight in Ganu. Now, I don't know about that, but it's a one heck of a challenge stepping up a heavyweight and coming in there and taking on a guy that just knocked out Stipe Miocic. It just, not j- even just like a TKO kind of stoppage. It was ridiculous the way he laid him out. Like, n- I've never seen. And, and Francis Ngannou has that kind of power. It's really funny. There's a fighter named Matt Brown, fought at Walter Wade a really long time, goes by the nickname of The Immortal. He's one of the most game fighters in the entire sport of the UC. He'll step up. He'll fight anybody. Short notice. Doesn't care. Um, he's fought through injuries. He's one of those guys. He's always willing to go out on a shield if that's the way the fight's going to go. You know, um, <laughs> but he said, hey, guys, step up. Fight Francis Ngannou. Not me. I'm out. <laughs> I'll fight anybody the UFC says except Francis Ngannou. So that gives you some indication as to how many people are really willing to go out there and fight him. I mean, John Jones says he's got to have a hefty price tag to be able to do it, and we'll see um, if, if those demands are met. But, yeah, I, I think it's going to be crazy to see John Jones a heavyweight regardless. All right, Heidi Fang joins us from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, talk a little UFC, and she covers the Raiders as well. Let's talk a little bit about the Raiders. They, they signed uh, safety Carl Joseph, actually brought him back. He was an original draft pick uh, by the Raiders. And uh, what do you think about him? He, he spent last season in Cleveland, really didn't do too much there. And what is his role going to be with Jonathan Abram and, and Jeff Heath basically kind of locking down the position he plays? Uh, give me some thoughts uh, about uh, Carl Joseph back here in Vegas. I think it's a good thing because he's somebody that's got a lot of years left in the tank. He's somebody that can help kind of bring along uh, some of these younger guys on the team. And like you said, he was a first-rounder in 2016 for the Raiders. So I I think that when you um, have had the experience that he had and then going off to Cleveland for the year, he didn't want to leave the Raiders, but he spent a year in Cleveland and comes back and ready to face new challenges, ready to get into Gus Bradley's system. And it's a good system for people like Abram that can use some polish in their game that doesn't have overly complicated assignments in it. And I think that when you start thinking about the relationship that these two can have, they're both first-round picks. They can feed off of each other. Abram will obviously be very hungry to want to come up and, you know, step up to the challenges because I think as uh, I've spoke with him recently and he said that this is the first year that he's been healthy and ready at the beginning of the season. He said last year he felt like he came in a little overweight and that he was sluggish and fell behind because he couldn't get the offseason in that he wanted to because of COVID. So there were a lot of little things that played into everything leading up to what happened with Abram last year. Um, and he's saying that this year that he's hoping that now that he's got the experience under his belt, that he's got 
more of a rookie season under his belt. That he understands now the uh, intricacies more of the NFL and his assignments and things that he needs to do. I think we're going to see a much different Abram, especially now that he has a guy like Carl Joseph out there to push him at the position because Carl Joseph, obviously, like I said, being a 2016 first rounder, He's going to be somebody that, that can push him there, that can help bring in some experience, that can bring in uh, some notes and things that can help out Abram with his level of the game as well. So, yeah, very understanding. He'll fit in great. And I think that he's somebody as a safety that, um, you know, definitely can be in the rotation. I don't think, though, that the Raiders have still fulfilled their needs at safety. I would still think that in the draft that they'd be looking for somebody. All right, Heidi Fang, she's got podcasts galore. She's got uh, podcasts with the RJ. Uh, I'm sure you're going to be breaking down, if you haven't already, a lot of draft uh, stuff as well. The draft is uh, a couple weeks away, so promote what you got out there, girl. Yeah, the NFL Draft Series is actually we're on uh, episode two now. Adam Hill and I have been working on that and uh, putting it together for everybody. It's not just a video series, but we're also doing it as a podcast, so you can catch that at Vegas Nation. Dot com And then the podcast I have, Takeaways, this week I spoke with a guy out of Central Texas named your boy Q. He has a podcast as well, All Raiders Every Day, and he came on to join me this week. So that's uh, my guest for this week and always good stuff. I'll have a draft show coming out. Um, we're starting to work on some components of it, and we'll have it all ready for you from all locations with Raiders on it. <laughs> so very busy, even though it's off season and lots of stuff coming out. Just check out VegasNation.com or my Twitter at Heidi Fang for everything you need. There it is. She is the cornhole queen. Here's your jam, girl. Woo-hoo! She's dropping bombs on the cornhole pitch. Look out. I heard you dominated. Did you did you dominate her friend Armando and his family and the crew? I dominated Armando, but in the end, I didn't win the tournament, uh, so I was a little disappointed. Wow. We had but money I on guess you. the satisfaction of beating Armando again was there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you got to prepare more for the rest of the field and not just focus on just humiliating the cartel. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> All right, girl. Great we... advice, Frank. All right. We appreciate you, Heidi. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you, too. There it is. All right. Heidi Fang, Las Vegas Review Journal. Great follow on Twitter. And uh, you can check out all of her podcasts there on the RJ site. All right. Cornhole, yay, croquet, nay. There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> What do you expect for someone in their like 30s or whatever she is, you know, right? I don't know what her, her exact age. I'm just happy you, you actually uh, found it, you know, found it online. And then and Nubchuck found there's a club here in Vegas. How impressive. A lot of clubs. I know there's a ping pong club here in Vegas. Oh, there's a pinball hall of fame. Don't forget that. There's a pinball hall of fame, yeah. A lot of things. All right. Little offshoot things that people don't realize. Hour number one down in the books. Number two. We'll try to get better for the next hour. T.C. Martin Show on a terrible Tuesday.